That is a snippet from a tribute song called British Invasion by the Bacon Brothers, written by the well-known actor Kevin Bacon. And Kevin will join us on this episode of the Goldmine Podcast. This is Pat Prince, editor of Goldmine Magazine. And Michael and Kevin Bacon make up the Bacon Brothers, both singer-songwriters. Michael is the older brother by nine years, and he is an Emmy-winning composer. Kevin, obviously the famous actor who has been in over 80 movies and TV shows from movie hits like Footloose and TV shows like the current Showtime series. It's a terrific, gritty Boston crime drama called City on a Hill. The duo have a new album out called The Way We Love, a full length of 10 tracks, including a live performance of Cannonball Adderley's Mercy, Mercy, Mercy with guest... New York Yankee turned guitarist Bernie Williams. And they have about nine nine albums out already, this duo. And starting back in 1997, they're all good. All mixing in rock, folk, blues, horns. You could say uh, Americana would perfectly describe them. So let's talk more about the new Bacon Brothers album as we get patched in to Kevin Bacon. Art has value. That's right. Go to decoentertainment.com and save 10% off at checkout with the code GOLDMINE from artists like Angel, The Vibrators, White Lion's Mike Tramp, Kansas's Steve Walsh, and others. That's decoentertainment.com. How you doing, by the way? You in New York City? I'm actually in Connecticut. So you guys, uh, usually you're, you tour after to promote the new album. Um, have you guys done any virtual performances on Facebook Live or anything like that since the pandemic? Not, not yet. Yeah. No, we haven't done that yet. Um, you know, um, we're sort of uh, toying with that idea now. You know, I, I kind of like the idea of maybe doing some kind of record release type thing and just playing through the whole thing. We were looking at maybe um, doing it from this uh, studio that we'd like that we recorded some of the record in right. in, um, uh, in Hoboken. And, uh, but so far we haven't pulled that together. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of them, and if they're done in the studio, it's better. Some are done uh, at home with Zoom, and the quality isn't as good. But fancy now, Zoom is really yeah Zoom is really hard to do because for one thing you can't if you're in different locations you can't play together because of the latency yeah so that that becomes a problem so then I mean, you have to kind of get together and you know it's it's not it's not the greatest I agree I I like uh, I like you know hearing a band live you know on online but I definitely want to have some you know at least you know a fighting chance to hear the good sound. Yeah, we sponsored one, and uh, it went well because the artist was doing it out of the studio, so it worked. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now with the album, did you start recording just before the pandemic, or was it during the pandemic that you finished up the recording? Of the I'll way tell we... you, we, we had cut, um, 
gosh, let me put it all together because it was a little bit piecemeal. And <clears throat> we cut a couple of uh, we had cut a couple of songs. Um, I think we'd already released uh, "She's Easy" and "Play," mm. and then the day before uh, everything shut down, pretty much, we were in the studio to do three more. Uh, and we did "Bigger" um, uh, and. Uh, cooking song and and but no corona tune I, I i then i went to la i was shooting in new york and i went to la uh to be with my family my, home, my family was out there and and that's where i wrote and recorded corona tune you know i yeah. started basically uh just you know in my own home studio and uh a buddy of mine lives two doors down and he'd been um you know, quarantined with, with his wife and kid, and we've been quarantined, and he has a um, uh, studio in his house. So he produced it with me, and and I, I went down there and, you know, cut some guitars and did some vocals there, and, and uh, then we mixed it in L.A. Just just that one, though. But three, three songs were... A lot of the stuff was kind of either partway done or mixed uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, it's a really good song, Corona Tune. He used to love my house And the way that I lived in it He used to love my lovers and my friends He used to say you want your work day done You gotta get up and begin it I will take his wisdom with me to the end. Uh, do you find you uh, during quarantine? Did you find yourself writing more songs? Uh, no, that was the only one. No, that's <laughs> no. I, wrote, I actually wrote. I, I wrote two, but I'm, I'm still working on the second one. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I wish I had a uh, formula for uh, writing songs or when I write or you know, it, it's really like. It just kind of hits me, and then I go, "Oh, I think this is there's something here." And uh, and if I I'm not a person that like sits down for a couple hours every day or yeah. six hours or whatever it is, and and tries to come up with a uh, a title or you know a riff or whatever. Uh, which I'm a little bit more. I think both of us are a little bit more. You know, we just kind of wait for something to hit us emotionally, and then uh, and hope that there's a song there. So. You know, Corona Tune just, it just came out. And I think that, you know, I feel like right away everybody looked at this time as the opportunity to get super creative, right? Yes. Everyone was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, if I'm a cook, I'm going to, you know, cook the best thing I've ever cooked. Or if I'm a, you know, uh, I'm going to direct my own movie at home or, you know, whatever it happens to be, write, write tons of songs, learn how to play guitar. And, you know, I don't think we can discount the fact that we're all living with this, yes. this stress, you know, it's, yeah. it's a stress, it's a stressful time. So that sometimes that's not the necessarily the best thing for creativity. And, gotcha. and I frankly just sometimes find myself just going, you know what? I didn't do a fucking thing all day. You know, yeah. I, I I wanted to. I wanted to be creative and and create and and, and productive. You know, but it just you had to tune really out. Hit, hit, hit. Yeah, it didn't didn't it didn't happen today. So, yeah. 
uh, I was I'm happy with that with that song. I'm also happy because it it did give me a focus, and then we made our way back to the East Coast. And when we got here, I said, "Well, now let's um let's make a video." And I direct, and my wife directs, mm. and um, I I started just me. Of course, you know I'm such I'm a very DIY kind of person, so. I just went out there with my my phone and uh, and a GoPro and just started shooting it myself. And then I realized that I was only going to get so far do, doing that. Yeah. So uh, I asked her to to really direct it for me. So she she came on board, and then uh, I I got in touch with my brother, who's you know he's a he's a great composer, but he's not really a filmmaker. You know, right. He doesn't uh, doesn't do cameras and all that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, this is what I need. I want you to take your cello, <laughs> and I want you to go down. I don't know if you've seen the video, but I want you to take your cello and go down to the river and, you know, put your feet in the river with the cello and play the cello. And, and sure enough, you know, he, he did a great job with it. Yeah. His wife helped him and a friend helped him, yeah. <laughs> well, you said that you you thought that you guys were a songwriting duo, and does it, well, you just said that you don't schedule time. Does it just hit you sometimes where, say, you're on the set and you have your guitar with you on the set, and maybe you go to the trailer and go over some tune that you came to you, or does it work that way? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I never have a, I never, I never go to the, go to work without a guitar. Very cool. And yeah. with and with the guitar is also the computer. And you know, I'm someone that you know, I I can sometimes it sometimes really can help me to to write with a beat. You know, I've kinda always been that way because I'm 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 in some ways more of a percussionist than I am a guitar player. I mm. mean I kinda play my guitar like a piece of percussion. And so if if I can find uh a beat that's sort of like working uh that that'll help too but yeah i mean i, I tend to write I, I often write when i'm um filming and i think that part of that i think is because you know the songs and and uh, telling a, a story in three and a half minutes is uh you know oftentimes it's a you know it's kind of an <laughs> emotional thing and i think yes. that as you're as you're acting you know your emotions tend to be a little closer to the surface mm. You know, because of the nature of, of, you know, being called upon to feel right. things as an actor, and uh, so they they work pretty well together. Well, when did you grow up in a musical family? I know Michael's nine years older than you. Did he kind of uh, so he got the music bug bug maybe first and initiated it yeah, with you? Yeah. yeah, we had very different kind of musical, uh, you know, very, real different musical sort of lives because Michael was my mom really wanted him to play music my parents were not musicians right. but they had a great appreciation for music they really it was like very important to them uh, classical music and uh, right. uh, you know show tunes and, and, and you know that kind of stuff right and and also I guess old you know old sort of folk and uh, you know things like that and yeah. she she got him uh instruments and, and music lessons when he was a little boy. So he was like the kind of playing the cello and the oboe and in the or in the city orchestras and like really like practicing a lot, you know, and really 
learning, you know, to read and write and do all that kind of stuff, which is not my my thing at all. Uh, in fact, I was really I was more kind of fo- focused on being an actor, obviously, because uh, my brother was already doing that. But yeah. at the same time, I saw him and my sister playing music, playing in bands, and and I could hear my brother constructing songs in the in the house and. Uh, him and him and my sister had a band. They would practice down in the basement. So, you know, if your older brother is doing something, it looks cool, and you know, yeah. you want a piece of that. So, yeah. So, I started to, I started to write. Uh, and of course, you know, I was a very, very, um, how can I put it? I had a lot of romance when I was a kid. I mean, I was always in, in love with someone or having my heart broken. Or whatever. Right. So I started to write, you know, love songs, heartbreak songs when I was about twelve, I think. Yeah. And uh, and I'd have the melodies and the lyrics in my head, so I would sing the I would sing the song to my brother, and then he would uh, I, I didn't play an instrument, so he would figure out how to play it on the guitar, and, and uh, eventually I started playing guitar. Well, well, the title of the new album, "The Way We Love," obviously it's about stuff that both you guys love, and that's evident with the first song, "British Invasion," and. You might. I was wondering. You were about what six when the Beatles in nineteen sixty four. I don't know if you have memories right. of that. Um, but, no. Well, I, I I do. I have vague memories of it. I mean, I think we watched them on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah. But you know, I have I have older brothers and like everyone is much older than me. The closest sibling is eight years. Ah. And they were bringing back. They were bringing home forty fives of yeah. the Stones and and the Beatles and the Dave Clark Five. So. I was pretty like for a for a little kid. I was pretty early exposed to it. Yeah. But I wrote British in I wrote British Invasion because Michael just told me this story. Yeah, you think you know somebody, and then he told me this story that I'd never heard before of him being. So if I was uh, six, you know, he would be you know fifteen or right. sixteen, and he told me the story of of a, a British Invasion show coming into. Uh, on tour into into Philly um, to I don't know one of the venues I'm not sure if the Spectrum was open at that point and um, he went down there and uh, met this girl and you know started dating this girl that he met at a British Invasion show huh. and so I, I don't know why that story just kind of sounded interesting to me so I wrote that song from from his point of view uh, but. And and it was one of those weird things where like he didn't really tell me much more than that, other than I went to a British invasion show and met a girl and we dated for a while. Yeah. And serendipitously, like the the things that j- just kind of came out in that show were were so on the money it was like weird. I mean, like it was the same acts that were there, like all the acts that I mentioned. <laughs> really? Thing were there and. And the, and the neighborhood that the girl was from, and 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 uh, you know, it was just was like a weird, it's like a weird kind of thing. Well, it was cool because you mentioned Dave Clark Five, and they're kind of like the unsung heroes of the British Invasion. They they were a good band, and not enough people uh, realize how good they were. <laughs> sure. And yeah. pa- and no, Patula Clark, that that was a Patula good name Clark, too. Yeah. yeah. So it it sounded like. Uh, you know, I would figure he wrote it because um, because name dropping someone who really knows the British invasion uh, would call out those artists instead of like the Beatles or the Kinks or the Zombies. Um, so it was good. It was good that it was pretty cool from my end to hear those name drops. Um, 
Yeah, I think I, I think I reference uh, uh, Herman's Hermits too because of the kind of there's a kind of hush. Yeah. Yeah, I say we started slow dancing to a kind of hush, and yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, I'm a little bit of a, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a rock historian, but I certainly right. know. Uh, you know, a, a lot about what the British Invasion was. And, and, well, yeah. Our readers... And, uh, yeah. It, I don't know if you're familiar with Goldmine, but our readers are huge into music history, especially the British Invasion, because they're record oh, cool. they're record collectors. And, you know, that's, that's the period where people really started collecting 45s and records themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's a big... That will go over very well with, with our readers. Um, but I well, think I remember a story. I remember a story of my dad um, co- going to England and somebody and him going to England, not not for my, myself, but for my brother and sisters and and saying to some guy that he, he had you know met with in England. This was probably I get I guess, 64, maybe even earlier. Yeah. Saying, is there are there any are, what, what would be a, a, a fun um, uh, 45 to bring back to uh, my kids. Wow. And they gave him a, a Stones and a Beatles 45. Wow. And he brought and he brought them back from from England and and that that was the first that uh, my family had ever you know heard of, heard of these British bands. Do you still have that 45? Does someone still have that 45? No, no, God, no, no. Maybe Michael does, but no, I don't. I don't have it. No. Do, do you guys still collect records? Do you have records? You... I have records, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do have records. Yeah. Um, I moved into a place that, strangely, the owner um, wanted to unload the turntable. Huh. And so we went back and, you know, up into the attic and and wherever and, and got the old records out. And so, yeah, we have a turntable. Yeah, because that's, you know, this generation is into vinyl now. So it's. Oh, yeah. A... It's it's interesting how they turn to the tangible, you know, because everything is like a ghost in the machine. So, I, I find it pretty cool that they're getting into vinyl. With um, there's there's an event called Record Store Day, an annual event. I don't know if you've heard of it, but um, where a lot of the younger generation go to record stores, and on this event they celebrate the record store and vinyl with uh, new releases and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you get a chance to go to any record stores when you're traveling or um, when you guys are on tour. Do you still go into record stores at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that, now that we have a turntable, you know. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, here's the thing about the record. Now, I was speaking to somebody about this the other other day. Um, I, I, I'm guessing you're probably familiar with All Music. Yes. With the website All Music. Yep. You know, one of the things that I think is such a tragedy, one of the things that I absolutely loved about records and still love about records, is the fact that, you know, when I would get a record as a kid, even before I was, you know, a musician, I would pour over not only the lyrics, but right. where it was made, the name of the studio, who mm-hmm. was the producer, who was the engineer, who played what on each individual track, and who the writers were. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, was a really fascinating part of mm-hmm. the musical experience which has just kind of gone away right and i i think it's i think it's frustrating and it's also kind of unfair i mean i wish that and and so anyway i was you know talking about all music so, so if i really want to know something like that like who's on this record right you know you have to go to a, you have to go to some search and some website and sometimes it'll be 
the, the search will send you to the artist's site, but the only way to get into the artist's site and see who the players are is if you give them your email. I mean, it's, you know, it's that whole thing. Right. I mean, I, I really wish that there was a way to, you know, digital, somehow digitally embed uh, credits right. because mu- musicians deserve to have credits. There's so many unsung uh, heroes. And back in uh, 70s and 80s, you know, you knew those cats. You knew you their did. names. You know, you right. knew Jim Keltner and, and you you know, David Spinoza. And, and, Chuck Lavelle, you know, yep. Chuck Lavelle and Lee Sklar, you know, I mean, like you know, you 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 knew who who these guys were, right? Uh, but but that's sort of gone away. Yeah, my, my kid downloads uh, a band now, and he doesn't even know who the singer is. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and it's yeah. really bizarre that you could go on this band could be one of your favorites, and you don't know any of the names of the the musicians. That just seems so odd yeah. to me. But it is it is a reality. You're right. Um, now I love also the way the the record ends with mercy, mercy, mercy. And well, I'm a baseball fan, so the Yankees, Bernie Williams on guitar, man, can he play? Um, that's just if no one yeah. knows about Bernie, they can listen to this song, a live song from Sony Hall in New York City, and he does a nice jam on that. That came out really well. How did you hook up with Bernie? Did you uh, guys jam before? How did that come about? We we did a uh, uh, there's a benefit in New York. I don't know if you ever been to it called Love Rocks. No, it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing. I mean, when back when you know we could do live shows, they did three years or four years of it. Um, there's a there's a a, a charity called uh, God's Love We Deliver, which which mm. takes food to um, people who are homebound, uh, and it's it's down in the in the village, and they work all over Manhattan. and And uh, John Barbados and a guy named Greg Williams just started this thing called Love Rocks, and it's at the Beacon, and it's like 
act after act after act after act and combinations and all this kind of stuff. So, so Bernie was there and, mm. uh, he was playing and M Michael, uh, met him. And in fact, my brother teaches at Lehman College up in the Bronx. Right. And, uh, so he, he was hoping that he could come in and talk to the kids. Um, and he did. And so then, so then, you know, we had this, this showdown in, in, uh, in the city, uh, we were at the Sony Hall and asked him to swing by, and mm. he played on one of our t tunes, and, and then we did Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. Right. So did you did you realize how good of a guitar player he was before? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd heard him play. No, yeah. I'd heard him play. Yeah. I I'd heard him play, and I knew I knew that he played. It's one of those things that you know, if you're kind of like in New York, yeah, yeah, a lot of guys in the yeah the guys in our band are all like crazy Yankee fans and. Right. and um, and so it was also a thrill for them just to be hanging out. And he's such a, you know, he's such a humble guy and, and also very happy, you know, surprisingly to actually talk about baseball. You know, you kind of think to yourself, oh, wow, you know, like, yep. you know, you're, you're, you're like meeting, you know, Jack Nicholson or something like that. Because right. He probably doesn't want to, you know, talk, talk about, you know, uh, movies. Right. Right. But he's totally cool. Yeah. Totally cool with it. It was it, it was fun. It was great. I hope we, I hope we get a chance to play it with him again. So I, I think the catchiest song on the album is uh, "She Z Z." I pick her up outside the gate. She takes the wheel. I DJ and navigate. She tells me everything she feels, and we can take it slow. One more time around the block Cause I like to watch her I won't wake her up, I'll stay in bed I wonder if that world that seems to roll around her head Is she in another land? Counting Is that the single? Is that the one you're promoting as a single? Uh, well, we the She's Easy has already been out as a oh. single. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, we did a video. Yeah, we did a video for that. That that came out before the record came out. Is that um, the one you did a video of uh, that you were talking about with uh, Michael? No, Speed? the one that I, the one that we shot. Well, <laughs> I did a video. She's Easy has a video where where uh, my I was in L.A. and 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 my wife was in New York and this yeah. was this was not during the uh, during the pandemic it was pre-pandemic and she sent me this um, video of her just dancing you know just for fun mm. and I went well that's kind of cool like we I can I can cut this in, as though we were FaceTiming so basically it's a it's a video of the two of us sort of FaceTiming together and uh yeah no she, yeah she's easy um and that came out already and and the first single off of it uh which was also released individually before we had the record was a song called play mm. kind of um, funky punk number kind right of thing. yeah 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 and so those are both both come out but yeah thank you so before the last question i want to ask you too you have your own podcast huh is that well, true i had a uh yeah, we, yeah. There's a podcast. It's it's 
it's not me interviewing people or talking about you know my love love advice or anything. It's actually a comedy. <laughs> it's a half hour comedy. Oh, it is okay. I was yeah, gonna I was gonna ask you if it was about comedy. music, but uh, no, no. It's like a it's like a um, it's, it's like a radio play. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, half hour scripted radio play. I have to check it out. And I hope you get a yeah, chance to to check out Goldmine. If you like music history, uh, pick up an I issue. Will, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, yeah. Kevin. Thanks for taking the time. All right, all right? and best Pleasure. with the new record. Pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. Bye now. Cheers. Thanks, Bye-bye. Kevin. It was a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, we'll get to see the Bacon Brothers live when this pandemic is over. Listeners, you can go to baconbros dot com. B a c o n bros.com and buy the latest album the way we love so tune in next time to the podcast upcoming episodes include one with rock photographer mark weiss about the 80s era and the go-go's in the meantime go to goldmymag.com get money off a monthly print and digital subscription and of course You'll get exclusive content from the website. Also check out select Barnes & Noble and Books A Million stores for the newsstand for any print edition. You'll find it there. This is Pat Prince signing off. Catch you next time on the Goldmine Podcast. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.